Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I want to talk with you about how we must always be renewing our minds with truth. In particular today, we're going to talk about when we as teachers are facing conflict. So maybe it's a a critical parent that's come and given you some tough feedback. Uh, Maybe it's conflict with an administrator or a coworker. Maybe it's difficulty with your students. Whatever the case is, we're going to talk about how to walk through truths that we know to be true, and renew our minds with them. This concept of renewing our minds is so important. It comes from Paul in Romans 12. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we often get off track because there's so many messages coming at us from people around us, from media, from our own hearts, and they can pull us off track because there's so many lies mixed in with with truths and it just gets so confusing. So it's so important to when we are facing challenges, whether it's conflict with others or any challenge, that we go back to scripture, that we go back to truth, and we remind ourselves of it. We speak truth back into our hearts as many times as needed until it cements and we are our minds are renewed and we are where we need to be. So today I want to walk you through a list of truths that are particularly helpful for when we are facing interpersonal conflict as teachers. But I also want this to be a pattern for us because we can take this concept and apply it to any challenge. So let's say that you are struggling with feeling overwhelmed as a teacher or inadequate, or you are frustrated by lack of progress in yourself or in your students or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what challenge you are facing, you can do the exact same thing. You can make a list of truths that you know to be true, but that we so often forget or we don't live in the reality of them. So you make that list and then whenever you are struggling, whenever you're feeling frustrated or stressed or discouraged, you go back to that list and you remind yourselves of that truth and you renew your mind in those truths. So that's what we're going to do today, once again, with the idea of conflict in mind. But once again, this is a pattern that you can use for any challenge. So here is the list of truths. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go through them one at a time, and then this list is going to be available online at teachfortheheart.com/truth. That's teachfortheheart.com/truth. Uh, if you want to refer back to it or bookmark that page so that it's readily available, and you can use this list when you need it. So truth number one: God loves me, and He is enough. And I wrote down a couple verses with this, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Colossians 3, 12a says, as the chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. The Bible is just full of verses. You could add so many more to this list that talk about how God 
loves us. And so when we are feeling unloved by others, it is important to remember that God loves us, that he is enough. If no if no one else loved us, he would be enough. But the truth is there are many others that he has given us to love us as well. So when we our minds get focused on the few people that don't seem to love us, we need to step back and remember that God loves us with an infinite love that drove him to send his son to die for us. He gave everything for us and just bask in that love and let it fill us up. So number one, God loves me and he is enough. Number two, my worth is found in what God says about me, not what others say about me. So often we can look at what someone else is saying or what someone else thinks and let that define us. But our worth is not defined by what other people think. It is defined by what God says. And God says that despite our brokenness, despite our sin, despite all of the horrible things that we do, he calls us chosen. He calls us his child. If we trust and believe in him, he calls us holy, he calls us righteous, he calls us redeemed, he calls us dearly loved. And that is who we are in Christ. That is what defines us. Not what your colleague said, not what a parent said, not what your principal says or what a student says. We are what God says we are, and we are chosen his child, dearly loved, holy, righteous, redeemed. And I could add so many more to it. So let that, once again, meditate on that truth and let it sink deep into your soul. Number three, my job is not the entirety of who I am. Teaching is an important role God has given me, but it does not define me. My identity is found in Christ. Let me read you a couple verses. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so often as teachers, we let our job define us. We find our identity in our calling and our work as a teacher. And it's easy to understand why we do this. I have definitely done this. It's because it is kind of all-encompassing sometimes. Teaching takes so much, not just so much of our time, but so much of our heart and our passion. And so we can really start to let it define us. We can find our identity in our role as a teacher. But while teaching, as I said, it is an important role that God has given us, it is just a role. It is not who we are at our core. It does not define us. And this is an important distinction to make because when we see teaching as who we are, then anything that threatens that anything that threatens our teaching or our ability as a teacher or anything like that, it threatens our very core, our very identity. But when we realize that teaching is just a role that God has given us for this time, that we may or may not continue in this role, and that we would still be 
our identity wouldn't change if we ceased to be a teacher, but that our identity is fixed in who we are in Christ. When we understand that, then when our role as a teacher is attacked or our, you know, ability or our talent as a teacher is attacked, then it's, it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it a lot easier because it's not our core identity that's being attacked. It's just simply this role. And so we can be confident in who we are in Christ and then deal with the situation without all this added anxiety and this added, it it just really feeds that attack and anxiety when, because we are worried about our identity. So when our identity is fixed and steadfast in Christ, it just frees up so much of that. So once again, a truth to meditate on that my job teaching, it is not who I am. It is an important role God has given me, but it does not define me. My identity is found in Christ. Here's the next truth. I cannot control and I am not responsible for other people's actions, but I am responsible for my response. God can and will give me the grace to respond in love and humility. You know, too often we take almost take on the responsibility of what others say and do, and we let it eat at us. But we are not responsible and we cannot control what other people do. So we have to, in a sense, let that go and focus instead on, am I having the right response? Am I full of grace and love and humility, regardless of how horribly I am being treated by others? That is over and over and over the message of the New Testament. I have been meditating on these verses for months, and I just love them. I want to share them with you. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved. Did you see again that affirmation of who you are? Holy and dearly loved. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. You know, whenever I start to get upset at someone who has said something that I don't like or done something that I don't like, I replay those verses in my head. And it is just a powerful reminder that we can choose to bear with one another, to forgive one another, to have patience and humility and gentleness and kindness, and that it is God that works that in us. So we can pray and ask God to give us the grace to respond that way. And he does. It's just amazing. Here's the next truth. God is in control. He is good and I can trust him. Here's a few verses. Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. And then Psalms 34.8 Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. You know, things happen to us and around us all the time that are hard, that we don't understand why they're happening, but we can rest in the full assurance 
that God is in control and that even when we don't understand, we can trust in his goodness. We know he is good. So we know he is in control. We know he is good. And so we can choose to rest in that and to trust him. Here's the next truth. Trials and sufferings are to be expected and are used by God to make us more like him. I could have chosen a whole bunch of verses. The one I chose is James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know, our culture and our society just promotes the idea that everything should be good. We want pleasure. We want ease. We want everything to go well. And of course, that is that is natural. But that is kind of been the philosophy of the church too, that, that idea that, you know, things should be going well. But the Bible paints a very different picture. The Bible says over and over that we will experience trials, that we will go through suffering. Uh, sometimes we will go through suffering specifically for the sake of Christ. Um, it First Peter talks over and over about how uh, we should endure suffering, how if we suffer for doing something good, that's a blessing. We it, It's better to suffer for doing good than to suffer for doing something bad. Um, it, it This theme is over and over in the New Testament. I think sometimes when we read scripture, we almost want to put blinders on, like we don't want to see it. I don't want to see this. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to invite difficulty into my own life. And none of us do. But when we are in there, we need to remind ourselves that this is not something unusual. A trial or a suffering is not something that should be unexpected or something that we should feel, um, you know, we're like singled out somehow or that we don't deserve or this shouldn't be happening. It, it, but God is clear that it, should be happening, that it's to be expected. And if we if we're enjoying a season without trials, that is a that is a wonderful blessing. But the trials can and do and will come. And so we can just remind ourselves in them that they are to be expected and that God is using them for his purposes, uh, not the least of which is to make us more like him. And we can trust him in that. Here's the next truth. People have different opinions. Just because someone disagrees with me or my methods doesn't necessarily mean I'm wrong. I can listen with with grace and reflect with humility without losing confidence in myself. Okay, there was a lot there. Here's what I'm saying. When we are in a conflict, particularly when someone is criticizing us or critical of our methods. Just because they're giving us critical feedback doesn't necessarily mean that we're wrong. Now, however, we must listen. We must listen with grace. We must reflect with humility. So if we assume right off the bat, I'm right, they're wrong, and we don't even listen, that's not right. We should always listen with humility, reflect on what they're saying and and think is there something in here you know many times 
maybe we're not wrong per se, but there's a better idea out there and listening can give us a new perspective and help us tweak and improve and and be better than we were before. So we should always be listening. We should always be open to feedback and reflect with humility. We can do that though without losing confidence in ourselves and with the understanding that sometimes Someone is just wrong too, or there's difference of opinion. Sometimes there's two different opinions and there's not a right or a wrong opinion. And I have mine and maybe a parent or a student has a different opinion. And like I said, I can listen with grace. I can reflect with humility without losing confidence in myself. And I may, ch- I may choose to change something or I may choose that, no, I'm not changing. I'm keeping it exactly how it is. And just because someone else disagrees and has a different opinion doesn't necessarily mean that I'm wrong or that I need to beat myself up or anything like that. So I think this is a delicate balance. Like I said, we can go wrong either way. We can go wrong for sure when we just shut, when we basically just won't even listen. We assume we're right and, and we don't take any feedback into account. But we can also go wrong when we internalize those messages and don't realize that um, just because someone disagrees doesn't necessarily mean that I'm wrong and we allow it to to destroy our confidence. So don't let it destroy your confidence. And once you reflect and come to your decision, um, just let it let it go. That Realize that not everyone is going to agree with us 100% of the time. It's just not how life is. And it's okay um, if not everyone agrees. And I wrote down for a verse here that I thought was helpful, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. Uh, Therefore, Paul is saying this, I, the prison of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And there's that bearing with phrase again. I, I love that phrase. I find it really helpful. Um, bear with each other. It, it just is very calming and helpful. All right, I have one final truth, and then I'm sure you guys could add even more to the list. But our final one together today is this. I don't have to depend on my own strength or ability. God will enable me and give me his grace and strength to do this work. So when we are feeling inadequate, the self-help message of the world says, you can do it. You are enough. Dig within yourself and find the strength. But the message of the gospel is so much radically better than that. It is not trust in yourself. It is not you can do it. It is you have an incredible savior. He can work through you. You don't have to be enough because he is enough and you are his. Here's a few verses that I love. Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. This is Paul speaking. And he, Jesus, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul's response is, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Joshua 1.9 says, 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice those verses don't talk about, don't be afraid because you can trust in yourself, because you are great, because you have it within yourself. It's not about us. It is about God and his power to work in us. I pray these truths have been helpful as we thought through them together, but if you are struggling, I encourage you, um, head on over to teachfortheheart.com slash truth, bookmark that page, and go through those truths over and over again, and then use this as a pattern, no matter what you're facing in your life, to make your own lists of truth. Write it down and pull it out whenever you need it, and going over them over and over again until your heart is renewed um, and trusting in Christ. Let's take a second and pray together. Father, thank you so much for your truths, that they are so powerful, and that we have your word to renew our minds. I pray that you will encourage each teacher, remind them of your truths, bring additional truths to mind that they need right now in their lives, and just We thank you for your great goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. One final reminder and and help for all of you is to remember that God did not design the Christian life to be done alone. He designed it to be lived in community. So if you're struggling, don't keep it all to yourself. Reach out to someone in your church, a friend, a colleague, and speak with them and Just share, be open, share what you're struggling with and allow them to speak truth into your life just as you can speak truth into others' lives. God gave us each other to help us in this way. Well, thank you guys so much. If you are listening to this on the website, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Subscribe to the Teach for the Heart podcast um, in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, You can get the details at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. When you subscribe, it helps us to more teachers to find it. And then it also means that you get every new episode right on your uh, mobile device. And we release not only our main episodes every two weeks, but we also release quick thought episodes that go only out to our subscribers. And those are really fun. They're just short, normally two, three, four minutes long uh, with a quick idea or word of encouragement um, that we hope will be really helpful for you guys. So if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. If you've been subscribed for a while, you can help us by leaving a review on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.